this year to bring uh, four people with me instead of two in the past and four different people. So let me think, four, five, six, seven, eight of us from Ephesus Church have been to Nigeria. It's amazing. Um, out of our church, that's a, that's a good uh, percentage of the people. And um, very, very thankful for what the Lord is doing there and the work that he's accomplishing through us. And so we want to take a little bit of time and share what we did uh, during uh, this trip to Nigeria. Uh, each of us is going to get up and talk a little bit and share with you the various things we had going on. So uh, we're going to start with a very quick um, introduction, and then uh, we'll start with uh, Josh, and Jesse will come to share with us. All right, so good morning. Oh, I'm Josh, for those of you that don't know me. Um, as outgoing of a person I am, I don't know why, but every time I get up to speak, I just get so nervous. So forgive me if I stumble. Um, Jesse and I decided to do our presentation together um, since... No, you're fine. Um, since predominantly we were together most of the week, um, the job that we were doing revolved around the farm. So we just thought, saw it fit that we would... We would share our time here to speak. So um, as you can see, this is uh, on the way. We're super excited. I didn't get a picture of us on the way back, but it was a lot more drained looking. So um, yeah, Tris says he has a few. So um, so we get to Nigeria. Um, you know, I, I would be here all day if I talked about our travel, our food and everything. And, and those are things I would love to talk with you guys about. If you want to come see any of us, I'm sure any of us would love to share that with you. Um, but specifically, we want to talk about what we did in Nigeria um, and what we were able to accomplish. And um, it's funny, I, you know, I mentioned this to someone while I was there. And here, I, I've, it's, it's been shown to me that I have a gift of evangelism. And I noticed when I got on that plane and landed in Nigeria, my gift changed. Um, that I know I, I have a, a gift of helping here, and that was a lot more predominant there than so much the evangelism gift. And maybe it's because culturally Christianity there is just so um, corrupt. And we could, I could go and I could share the gospel with someone, but we'd be speaking over one another. We'd be using a lot of the same terms. And it's, 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 if you think cultural Christianity here is, is, is out, of, out of the world, over there it's insane. So, um, so I noticed, um, and, and, and that, was, that was shown to me even more as we worked more and more on the farm. So this is uh, just a shot um, the first shot of Nigeria once we're on the ground that I, I took. Um, very beautiful country. The landscape is gorgeous. Um, this is the farm. So the, our first day we got there, we got into Egg Bay after seven hours of travel. We rested that day. We had some stuff going on. The next day is our first day at the farm. This is our first day that we got to start working. So this is the gate um, entrance to the farm. This farm is just outside of Egg Bay. Um, it's, I would say, not even a mile outside of Egg Bay, and it's, it's around a 240-acre farm, I think is what the numbers were, and it's been overrun um, for about six years now. Um, there was some corruption that happened with the guy that owned it. His name was Major. Um, uh, he, had, he had left a, a manager in charge, a dishonest manager, um, as we learned about last week. Uh, and it resulted in uh, him selling everything and, and running off with the money. And so Major has had this farm uh, vacant for six years, and providentially it's been great that HELP has been able to have a partnership with him, that they are able to 
rehabilitate this farm, um, and 80% of the profits will go to HLP, 20% of the profits will go to Major. And this is a 28-year uh, contract they've signed. Um, so it's really awesome. And economically, it's going to be a huge benefit to the people of Egg Bay and, and the surrounding regions also, surrounding cities also. Um, there's so many jobs that are going to be created out of this. And for a people that are just starving and poor um, and that live on about a dollar a day, it's just going to be such a blessing to them. So it's really neat to see how uh, the kingdom is being uh, built, even in aspects of business and agriculture and all these things too, that all, this is all part of the mission mind that, that is going on in Nigeria. So um, this is the entrance. The next slide is the beginning gate, which I'm sure Tris will talk about. He had to do some welding on. Um, so as soon as we open the doors, you can go to the next slide. As soon as we go to open the doors, um, you can see that it's just run, run down. The entire farm is just, it doesn't even look like a farm anymore. There's buildings, there's infrastructure. And for the first, after the first day, uh, we didn't get a whole lot accomplished. And I know Jesse and I both, um, we were really down. We, we really, we really had this sense of, uh, did we really travel all this way? Are we really needed here? What, what is our purpose here? What are we doing? We were feeling all these emotions. And, you know, it just really dawned on me as I looked across this farm and I saw all of the, the sin that, that is just at the root of all the, the, the overrun and everything, all the weeds and everything. I realized, you know, this farm is not going to be fixed in a day. And that was a really, that, it just took a big weight off my shoulders because I realized, you know, we're going to be here a week. We're not going to get a whole lot done. But I realized that the little bit of impact that we were going to be having was going to be so beneficial in the long run. Um, and just like this farm's not going to be um, fixed in a week, um, this is a 28-year project. And, and Lord willing, even longer than that. So um, that, that gave us both, I think, a lot of comfort to know that, um, to not really look at what we did this week and, and base our, our, our uh, um, how, how much we got done off of just that week. So... Um, this is actually the back part of the farm, and this was encouraging too, because as, as we go through this farm and you see everything that that, uh, that is is overgrown, as you get to the very back, Major's brother is actually kind of uh, still farming this back about five acres, four or five acres. So it was a really good glimpse of what this farm is going to look like in the future as far as the agricultural part, and it was really beneficial um, to see that, because that gave us even more hope as well. Um, so, you know, I, I, had, I had to, at our first day, um, we talked about this, what we wanted to talk about. And one of the things was that was just kind of a, a Nigerian eye-opening uh, experience. It was our first day, uh, we got to the farm, uh, we, there was a, a hole in the ground, and uh, there was a hatch. They opened up the hatch, and down in this, uh, it's about an eight-foot deep, ten-by-ten ten room. It was all tiled, and this was a place where they stored water. And there was no water in there, but there was a lizard in there that was huge. And Jesse and I were just like, wow, we are in Africa right now. Like, it, it kind of dawned on us. And it wasn't an alligator, it was a lizard. And uh, without even skipping a beat, this guy on the right, Sanye, well, the guy on the last slide on the right, Sanye, jumped down in this hole and, with a machete and just killed this lizard and threw him out. And, you know, Jesse and I were just, like, bewildered. We said, wow, this is, uh, this is something else, so... But this, I had to take a picture of the lizard and bring, you know, show it. This machete is probably two and a half feet long. 
um, close to two feet, little over two feet long, and and they took it, and I guess they decided they were going to eat the tail. Um, so that that was a fun little story. So getting back to what I did specifically, Jesse's going to talk about what she did specifically involved with the farm. My job for the week was we were meeting with um, electricians, uh, masonry workers, uh, carpenters, um, plumbers, you name it. Everything needed to be gone, gone over. So I, I had the privilege of walking this farm about probably eight times at least. We got several different uh, estimates from several different electricians. It was, a very, it, was, it was just like what you would expect any other business would be. There was definitely shrewdness that was involved in all this. Um, uh, we were, we were, HLP as a whole was adamant about making sure because Nigerians are, are renowned liars. And I say that because everything in their culture tells them is, is filled with pride and it's filled with uh, a sense of deceiving people. So when we're getting an estimate from electricians, you know, it, it was smart for us to get multiple estimates. And, and we even was, were revealed that day, that week, that how corrupt everything was because the estimates were, were across the board. They were terrible, much like what we would see in America in some aspects when involved with business. But this is Henry, uh, or Harry, actually. They have a thick accent. His name's Harry, but the whole week we were calling him Henry. We didn't realize until the last day his name was Harry. Was it Henry? It was one or the other. We, we, we never could get it right. Yeah. So that was my job for the week. I, I spent the entire week doing that every day. I, I, I was able to help Trist a little bit, but that was the, predominantly what I did. And it was really beneficial. We just got an email this week from Brad, who we see here, who has put together all these estimates, these uh, proposals, and he's put it all into a nice, neat organization, organized folder and file. And he's presenting this. He may have already presented it, or he's presented it this week to... Um, some sponsors in Texas that sponsor HLP. So, and the numbers are drastic. It is there several hundred thousand dollars that we're talking to get this place up and running. Um, but the profits are going to be outstanding as well, especially on both parts. So, it's really exciting. I thought it'd be good to give you guys kind of an aerial idea um, of the farm before I handed Mike over to. Um, Jesse, this is kind of hard to see, but this is the farm. If you hit the next slide and stay right there, this will give you an outline of the farm. Um, and this is the farm, and I'm going to let Jesse talk a little bit about what we see here, and she's going to talk about more of the business aspect and where, what the future is for this. It's like... So as y'all know, I am totally qualified to talk about the business aspect of a large farm. Um, <laughs> that in itself was kind of, that was stressful for me. Um, as most of y'all know, I work at Hunter Cattle. I work on their website, which I also know nothing about. Um, but I was able to, I feel like, help a little bit um, with organization and stuff. Um, on the right, these three sheds that you see, that's the chicken part. Um, I think you can go to the next one. Chicken. Um, 
this is what they're trying to get running first, the chicken and the hogs, um, or pigs, which is the next thing that's going to be highlighted. Um, this is what they're starting with. Um, in January, Brad, who you saw in the previous couple of slides, is actually going to move there for six months um, with his family to get the farm running and everything. They decided to start small, chickens, pigs, which is really not that small when we looked at the numbers. Um, but they're going to start with that and continue growing. They have things. When the farm was running, they had guineas and bunnies, maybe turkeys, dogs, all kinds of stuff. Um, but to get that running again to start from scratch is difficult. Um, like Josh said, we had to get a lot of quotes and everything. Um, I worked, actually, we both worked with a chicken infrastructure man from Lagos. Um, he came in, showed us what he could do with all these chickens. It was really hard for me as somebody from Hunter Cattle that wants sustainability and things to be done right to see how this was going to be done at first. Um, this is the farm again. <laughs> this is the panorama. Um, I believe the tops of those are the pig, piggery. Um, I think there should be another one. Yeah. Um, still run down a lot to do, even just cutting the grass um, costs money. We had to get people to clear it out. Um, this is how the chicken cages were. Um, the pipes are where the feed go and the water. Um, and we had to talk to him about how to do this in a more sustainable way than is already being done. Um, there's a water system that they can peck at now or that's the idea, um, instead of the water being open to the elements, more room for disease, they're hoping to work on that a little bit. Um, but as a, as somebody who wants to see things done the way God created it to be done, chickens running around in grass, eating bugs, pigs wallowing in mud, it was a hard week. Um, seeing their idea of agriculture. Um, they fit three chickens into a cage, about that big. Uh, they lay the eggs. There. We went to another farm um, that was kind of going to be how this one is on a smaller scale. And it works for them. It actually from, this is going to be bad, from the chicken poop, it flows into a stream into a catfish pond. The catfish apparently get nutrients from that. And they sell the chicken eggs and the catfish. And that works for this small farmer. Um, Brad and I were talking about hopefully getting it to where in the next... 10 years, maybe getting it to where it's more free range, 
they're healthier, the people will be healthier from it. But as Josh was saying, this is a long-term project. This isn't a, we can come in, tell them how to do their farming, and it work. It wouldn't. They wouldn't make money. People wouldn't understand why they need to do it this way. Um, so to get the farm running, we have to get the chicken pen set up. We have to get all of this stuff running. They can start making money. And then from years of talking to these people, hopefully get it to whether or not as many cages and the animals can be healthier, the people can be healthier. Um, this is me on the farm. This, uh, I wish y'all could see how beautiful this place is. This is the palm grove. Um, they have a lot of palms that you can make palm oil out of. I don't know what else they make out of palm oil. They don't make the wine, they just do palm oil. Um, there are a couple benches. Brad and I sat and talked about numbers, how to get this business going. Uh, and then it may have been that night or the night before that Josh and I stayed up for a few hours trying to get numbers and different plans on how we can get this running. It started with doing nothing to the chicken pens all the way to a totally new system with more cages and we just needed to be able to have options for the people, for the sponsors to say, this, these are your options. We actually have options. Huh? Bundles. We call them our bundles. Um, this is us working. If you have to go to work and you get to go to work every day in this place, it's totally worth it. Um, and this is the end of our slide. Like Josh was saying, um, their understanding of the gospel. Um, there's a lot of bad Christianity. That's not even Christianity there. Um, but they all, most of the 18-wheelers that we saw had this saying. Um, so they have the understanding that there's something wrong. Because they're, I mean... A lot of them don't like to work, and if they do work, they do not do it to their full capacity, a lot like us. Um, but they have that understanding. It's just not completely there yet. So. And this is the farm. I think that was all. Are there more? Okay, yeah. And now it's just... Okay, um, well, you know, back to the previous one was the, uh, the, the big entrance to the farm. Um, it was called Jurassic Park at some point of our trip because they kind of thought that that's how it looked. But I kind of actually did quite a bit bouncing around back and forth. Um, just that was the tractor that was out at the farm. Um, still appeared to be in pretty good shape. Never actually got around to getting to that because there were so many other projects I had to do. Um, but hopefully very soon. I think the most we got done to the tractor that week was the front tires are now holding air, so it's somewhere. Um, 
just the ID plate from the inside of the tractor, the seat on the inside of the tractor, <laughs> the scale. Uh, I just I thought it was a cool scale that was inside the tractor house, so I had a picture of it. I didn't do anything with that really. Ah, here's my little friend. Um, when you know, like I said, we did like Josh said, we did some walking through with different contractors and discussing and getting estimates about things to be done on the uh, on the farm and one day I walked the whole farm with a welder and actually did it twice um, got two different estimates but it was just walking around and looking at everything this needs to be fixed this needs to be fixed and then taking notes and and then bouncing them off of each other and then um, actually we talked to one of the welders that we that they've that HLP has used in the past and he gave us a really good estimate and then actually loaned, rented us one of his welder, welding machines the next day and sent a helper to come along with me. So we kind of went around and got everything. We could, got a bunch of the stuff on the farm that we could fix the one day and did that. Um, of course, this is not at the farm. This is back at the care center, one of the big generators they've been having problems with um, that spent a lot of... Uh, time on and just aggravating because it is computer operated so it was a lot of troubleshooting step by step trying to get and then yes in Nigeria you also have tech support uh, this is this is my Glenn Burnson pose um, I think we we said that ahead of time um, you know I thought okay I'm on the phone let's drape one arm over the top of my head and it worked I mean it was like you were there with us so thank you for being with us on that trip Glenn um, but it, it, it turns out that I think it was just a, a problem with the computer control board of the generator, and they were going to send somebody out to look at it because I didn't have the uh, the stuff to plug in to do that. And just another more time spent in the generator house there and more time in the generator. Okay, this was the, uh, a fun project. Um, there on, on, the, on the grounds at the care center, which is the orphanage, there is a house that the people who run the care center, and then there's two missionaries that are there right now. Their, their sisters, Hillary and Courtney Joyner, are living in the other. It's like a duplex kind of house. Um, tin roof. Um, what are the, the ceiling tiles? Asbestos ceiling tiles. It, it's great. Um, and, well, they either run on NEPA, which is the National Electrical grid which is never on at best and then if they want electricity at night they run generators well the generators don't always run as you say you spend a lot of time trying to work on one of them this week so we had the third backup which is DC power which is where we put a big deep cycle battery in the house and Josh and I spent a lot of time drilling holes through asbestos ceiling tiles which had to be just great for us and climbing around in this very hot little tiny space above the ceiling tiles where there's already wires run everywhere, which I'm sure up to code, and um, just running wire everywhere. So, which I, I, it was a great thing that, that this is one of the things they had ready. For, I, I wasn't even aware that this project was going to be ready for us when we got there, but I know a lot more about DC voltage than I do AC voltage, and that's what needed to be done. So I knew right what to do. And Josh was a big help. He said he helped me out a little bit. He helped me out a lot. I'm running the wires and putting the switches in. 
This was the finished product of one of the rooms, the now DC light, so that when the generators aren't on or not working, they can at least have lights. And we also put in, I don't think I got a good picture of them, but like cigarette lighter outlets next to their bed so they could have little DC-powered fans to at least blow air on them at night also. And then, I, of course, what I love to do, they, they have these little, they call them machines everywhere. I'd say you probably see seven or eight bikes for every car you see on the road easily. And it's not uncommon to see a family of five going down the road on one motorcycle this size. Kid in the front, dad driving, kid behind him, mom behind him with an infant hanging off of her back, off the back of the bike, just scooting down the road. And these are a few of the bikes or machines that HELP has. So just did some preventative maintenance on them one day. And it was the same day we were in the attic of the house. So it was insanely hot. Um, as you can see, it took its toll on me that day several times. <laughs> It, it, it was really hot. I don't know if the picture's on here, but it, at one point there was a very large wet spot on the pavement when I was done. Um, and, oddly enough, as we were working that day on the HELP bikes, I jumped one on one of them to ride it up the road to make sure everything was fine, and lo and behold, there were two guys pushing this one down the side of the dirt road that ran along next to the care center because it wasn't working. And after several trips back to the care center for other tools, we're able to get him running and kind of have a little conversation with them on the side of the road, which was nice. And it's hard to see here, but this is the spark plug wire they had running on this bike. And that's actually legitimate spark plug wire coming down. And then it was like a piece of single element insulated wire wrapped in a plastic baggie and then like crimped the top of the spark plug. But we got him going, so it was good. And here he was posing for his picture as I was getting him back together and got him down the road. Spent a couple afternoons like this after being in that attic of the house because it was pretty hot. Is that my last one? There, feeding end. <laughs> but it was great to be able to help people out and kind of... We didn't get any pictures of the HELP trucks. I had one or two, but they didn't make the slide. But, like... I think the most interesting part of that was finding a bird inside the air filter of the big bus because there's no co cover over the air intake. So we worked on a plan for that, but never actually quite got done. But there's a lot still to do there. I give you Melissa. I know I was hoping that you would put pictures of that in there, but you didn't. But it was amazing to see this literally a bird was in there. That's just, we kind of keyed a phrase while we were there. When in Nigeria, dot, 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 you find birds in your intake. All right, so I just thought this was really cool. On the airplane, we could see where we were, which was really interesting until you go to the next one. And we were there for a long time. A very long, long time. We flew over blue and blue and blue and blue. All right, the next one, and then we flew over gray. Lots of gray and tan, and we're almost to Abuja. Okay, next one. This was the first picture that we took, or that I took, out of the window of the plane. That's our first view of Nigeria. 
All right, next. <laughs> so the roads there are awful. Y'all have heard that. They pile families of five on the bike. You've heard that. This is actually, you can't see it really good, but it's an 18-wheeler-ish truck with the men on top, bags of whatever, wooden pallets, and then livestock. All together, traveling down the road. So there you go, win in Nigeria. All right, next. This is where I spent half of my time was at the care center. Um, that's just the picture. You can go ahead and go to the next one. This is the kid's house. This is where they live. Um, next. I'm going to get through this without getting upset. Um, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. They have this huge courtyard that they play in. The kids go out there and they play football, soccer. Um, it's very well maintained there. If you go out into the city of Egg Bay, there's trash everywhere. Um, they just have no concern for that. We're walking down. We were at the farm. Um, I went one day to just kind of get a overview of everything, and Major's walking along, and he just threw trash on the ground. That's just their culture there, but not at the care center. It's very clean. Um, it's, it's really pretty. I enjoyed being there. Okay, next. <laughs> this is where I spent the second the other half of my day. Um, the very first day there, I was headed out to um, the school. HELP began a school out in the town of Okoloki, which is traveling-wise, mileage-wise, not that far, but it took us about an hour to almost get there. And there was a tree in the road, and we couldn't go any further. So I never made it out to the school that HELP started which I was sad for. I was headed out there for a PTO meeting, and at the last PTO meeting, the first order of business were, where do the boys put their machetes when they get to school? So I was really excited as to see what was going to be on the order of business for the day, but I didn't get to make it. So um, providentially, I ended up at Heritage College, which is the, they call it college, but it's the primary, secondary school, basically pre-K through 12th grade. And Heritage College, um, the head, the principal of it is Chief Balaji. I ended up there. That's where the care center kids go for school. Um, it's one of three private schools in Egg Bay. Government-run schools there are not so great. So um, part of all of the care center kids are sponsored, and that's what their the majority of their money goes towards is their education. Um, so anyway, so these are some of the cute little faces that were at Heritage. You can go to the next one. Just cuteness. It was, oh, okay, keep going. They love, they're, they're like kids. They're just like our kids here. So, okay, next. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, look, where'd this come from? That's not at the school. But there is love in Nigeria. See, we grew to know each other. Um, I really didn't know Josh that much before we left. We know, yeah. So, okay, keep going. Oh, look, we're back at the school now. <laughs> um, they're just everywhere we went. I know you've heard Caleb and Josh, um, Caleb and Nick talk about that wherever white people are, the kids are going to be there. 
they're everywhere. In Triss's pictures, um, they're just there. So everywhere I would walk, I would have this mob of children. I'm walking like this because there's this herd of children. Okay, keep going. That was my office at the school. That's where I spent a couple of days. Um, basically, my first day there, I got to meet with Chief Balaji, and I said, hey, look, I was there with Courtney. Courtney's from Texas. She's who Josh mentioned, I think Tris mentions, one of them. Courtney just graduated college in May. She's over there for six months. She graduated with a teaching degree. She was there for three weeks before we got there, and everybody kept saying, wait for when Melissa gets here, she'll help you. Wait for when Melissa gets there, she'll help you. And I was being told, when you get there, Courtney will help you. When you get there, Courtney will help you. So we both met each other and just kind of stared at each other. Okay. So we went, we met with Chief Balaji the first day, and questions that I asked him, I said, what are the um, strengths of your school and what are the weaknesses? What can we do to help? And he said, my teachers don't know how to teach to kids. They talk over their head. They write these beautiful lesson schemes. We call them lesson plans, but then they never do them. Um, so he said, what are your ideas? So I thought about it for a little bit. We talked to Courtney. Um, I talked to Tom, who is the stateside head of education. Talked to him a little bit. And we said, okay, chief, here's some suggestions, dot, dot, dot. What do you think? And he looked at us, he said, okay, great, here's your school, it's now yours, go do it. Okay. Um, so that was, a, I would say, a little intimidating. That was very intimidating to have the, head, the principal of the school, a very prominent chief in the town, say, okay, here, I trust you, go do it. Um, it was just, it was amazing that the relationships that HLP, HLP have built there are, are amazing. That's why I, I love that we go back to the same place over and over again. We're building those relationships. We're not just sending a bunch of money there and not doing anything. Um, you know, the electricians, the plumbers, the masonry workers, that they were able to get in contact with her from the relationships that we've built there. Um, so anyway, so that's what I did most of the time was creating a training program for the teachers. Um, we're focusing on pre-K through second grade teachers, training them how to talk to children, how to relate to children. When you walk into the classrooms, it's wooden chairs, wooden tables. There's probably 30 kids in a class to one teacher. And in the pre-K class, the kindergarten class, I watched, and she stood up there, this is A. And the kids would say, A. And that went on for five or six times. This is A. This is A. This is A. And that's it. There's no interaction. There's no being five. There's no being six. It was, um, it was sad. <laughs> um, the first night we were there, we got to meet with some local officials. And one of them, I don't remember exactly because I was kind of trying to get used to being there. One of them stood up, and he was affiliated with education somehow or another. I forget who he was. But what hit me hardest is he said that kids will graduate high school. Cannot write their name. Cannot write their name. Because it's just pushed through. Um, the private schools, parents will send their kids there for a better education. But if you start when you're nine and you cannot read or write, they don't back up to get you caught up. So that's one reason why I'm focusing on the lower elementary kids is to get them to where they're caught up so they can 
function. So, okay, keep going. <laughs> we were sitting there waiting to, cut, to leave one afternoon, and the kids love pictures. They love to, for you to snap them. They want you to snap them and show it. I was distracted over here talking to some kids. I knew the boys were looking through my pictures over here. I had no idea that they were taking selfies until I got home and was looking through my pictures. But I just, I, I don't know, I just really liked that picture. So that's just one of the little boys at the school. Um, keep going. That is Courtney. Courtney, um, like I said, she's the one that I'm partnered with over there. She does a lot of tutoring after the kids get back. They leave. They're in school from 8 to 2, and then they come to the care center and they have lunch, and then she spends time tutoring them in the afternoon. That's Timmy. That's one of the new boys there. He's been there for a couple of months now. He's 12. He is adorable. He can read a sentence to you because he's learned sight words. Um, I spent a lot of time, I took a bunch of chalk with them, with me over there, and I would have them write words, and they could read the words to me, but they could not sound them out. So that's one of the things um, that we're trying to work on. All right, next. <laughs> the care center does not, <clears throat> they usually don't take kids until they're of school age. They're just not set up for that. But that is baby, and it depends on who you talk to. We called him baby Jude. Some people called him baby Toby. Thank you. Um, the story behind the baby is, um, there were two patrolmen out. They heard a baby crying in the woods, found the baby, found the mother not far away. She was very ill. They took the baby to, um, I believe it was the, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, the king of Egg Bay at the time. He was very old. That tradition when babies, you find you take them to the king. The king said, I can't take care of him. I'm old. My wife's old. We cannot raise a child. But due to the relationships being built, they knew of the care center took the baby to the care center. You can't, you can't turn a baby away. So they took, they took the baby in, and um, while we were there, we actually got to see his birth certificate given to him. And this, just this past week, a couple of weeks ago, the king of Egg Bay passed away. Um, so the new king stepped in and said, Look, I know this baby is there. It is my duty to go get the baby and adopt him. So he and his wife actually went to the care center this past week and adopted the baby and are now raising him. Um, we, were, we were at a soccer game, football game. I'm just going to be honest. Y'all can look at that baby. He is a little bit darker than I am. But yet the children, is that your baby? Is that your baby? And when I would say, no, it's not my baby, they would say, it's her baby, pointing to Jesse. <laughs> the palest person in Nigeria, probably. So then they took it a step further. It was her baby, and Jesse was my baby. <laughs> so um, this, they don't do car seats. They don't do booster seats. They don't do seat belts. They don't even do cars, most of them. So uh, Jesse just got a real kick out of holding the baby like she was holding a dozen eggs as John drove through town in the potholes around the goat and Jesse's holding this baby just laughing hysterically because it, it you just don't see that here only in Nigeria okay next 
These are just some of the girls at the care center. Um, okay, next. <laughs> I don't know why, but they always throw up peace signs. They just do. Blessing is the one on the right, and Joe Kay was the one on the left. Joe Kay is, she's one of the new seven girls to the care center. Um, just more of the girls. Keep going. I'm going to get through this. All right, the maternity ward, the hospital. Um, Jesse and I were able to spend <clears throat> some time at the hospital. The hospital in Egg Bay is one of the top hospitals in Nigeria, from what we were told. Um, I have some information. Um, Ni Nigeria, AIDS is very prominent in Nigeria. Um, at least 3.3 million people in Nigeria have AIDS. It's um, the world's highest rate of mother-to-baby transfer of AIDS. Um, about 300,000 Nigerians die annually from AIDS, which is why there are so many orphans. The majority of the kids at the care center, their parents have died from AIDS, or they're so poor they cannot take care of them. Joe Kay, the little girl in pink, and her sister, Kike, are the youngest of five girls. Their mother would send them out to collect leaves to sell in the town, and that would be their income. It wasn't enough to support all five girls, so she took Joke and Kike and dropped them off at the care center. She still lives in Egg Bay with her other three girls. Just to give you insight as to just the, the nature of Egg Bay. Um, okay, so keep going. This is the new um, surgical part of the hospital I think it's going to be. Um, Samaritan's Purse has, they have um, relationships with the hospital also. They've actually got, um, they're rebuilding a lot of the hospital. There's another family who lives there, the, the Miles family. Um, and I got to hang out with Patrice, who's the wife, and they have two young kids. Her husband is actually overseeing the construction of the hospital. So that was neat to hang out with her and um, kind of find out what they were doing. Okay, next. This is the operating room. If any of you have ever been into an operating room or a doctor's office of any kind, this is new equipment that they just recently got. They were very excited to have this equipment. Um, in the entire hospital, there are two x-ray machines. One is a fixed x-ray machine, one is a portable one that they would bring into ORs. They have one ultrasound machine in the entire hospital, and it's in the maternity ward. That's it but they were excited about this new equipment. So, okay, next. Just to give you, this is the operating room. Yes, there are boarded up holes in the wall where window, where window units used to be. Um, but they perform over 300 surgeries in these rooms a year. Um, some of the major surgeries, a lot of them, I mean, they're just, they, they, they work with what they have. They don't know any different. If we took all of our new equipment over there, they wouldn't know how to use it. Um, that's something that we have to be really mindful about is we cannot go over there and Americanize them. It's not going to work for them. Um, so, okay, next. Just another surgical picture next. <laughs> we went to the football game. There was a football tournament that the boys at the care center, the, high, the older boys play football for the school. There was a football tournament. And I just really got a kick out of it because 
When you go to a football or soccer game here, you will not find a 10-year-old boy drawing in the dirt with a machete. But you do there. So, okay, next. There's, that's not football game. That's more silliness going on. That looks like Josh and Tris and a drill and... You were winning? Is that what, really? Where? Okay, all right, next. Back to football. Um, The boys play without any shoes. Some of them prefer it. You would see them, they would have one shoe on the foot that they would plant their feet, their self with, and no no shoe on the foot they would kick with. It works for them. Again, we cannot Americanize them. Um, Okay, next. This was the tournament. The I, I want to say there were f- several schools involved, but the three in Egg Bay were involved. Heritage, Titcombe, and George Campion. Thank you. Um, Heritage won. So next. There's Joke and myself. Keep going. <laughs> okay, keep going. Um, the ride back to Heritage College after the game was amazing. Uh, I mean, I've seen in movies this huge parade and people running out into the streets and screaming and cheering and jubilating. and It really was like that. It was amazing. There were 27 of us piled in the back of a pickup truck. I almost thought I was going to fall out. Jesse saved me. Yes, she did. Thank you very much. Um, we get back to the school, and there are about 600 kids that, are, that live at Heritage. They came pouring out of the school, filled the entire courtyard, just the overwhelming excitement about them winning. What excited me more than that, though, was listening to the boys in the back of the truck praising God for their win. The whole way home, they're yelling and screaming and talking to each other and, and praising the Lord for everything that, that he's blessed them with. It was just, it was amazing to see that compared to athletes that we have here who praise themselves. So, And these are kids. These are high school kids. So, okay, next. <laughs> Love you, Jesse. This was in the airport when we were leaving. This was in um, Abuja. We got there, and we were so excited. We looked forward to it because Nick said, when you get to the airport, go upstairs. The restaurant there has French fries. And they did. And they had this other stuff. And we ate it, and Jessie didn't like it, so she thought that she would. It was kind of, like, not good. So Tris came to her rescue and gave her caraphate which is this, like, liquid chalk stuff. She didn't like it. So, okay, next. This is what Josh was talking about. We were so excited to go over there. I don't, I didn't sleep the entire, like, 87-hour flight. It was about 40 hours to get there. On the way back, though, we were so tired. We slept through our eight-hour layover in Germany. Um, So, next. And this was what I found in my snack mix that they gave me on the plane from Germany to D.C. 
and I just thought it was real fitting to, to take a picture of. So anyway, next. That's the group from the care center. Those are all the children that are there. There's 40 all together, 30 boys, 10 girls. They just recently took girls in. Um, so that, that is my funny face. So that was, that's where, who I got to hang out with that week. And um, that's it. Next. He's either getting his own special microphone or his own special slideshow. I'm not quite sure. Well, while Nick's while getting ready, I just want to say, of, sorry, I didn't mean to, this is loud. I just want to say a few things of ways you guys can pray for us. Um, a, the farm, is, it, it's going to need prayer for a, a long time. Um, Brad, who was with us, is moving there with his family in January. He's going to be there for six months, um, or is it a year? Six months. Brad's going to be moving. He's moving his whole family there for six months. Then there's Brad Starnes. Pray for him and his family. They're going to face a lot of trials. They're going to face a lot of hardship. Um, and he's, gonna, he's got his little kids with him. You know, so uh, his wife's going to have to homeschool them. Um, they're going to have to adapt to the culture. But he's put in charge of getting this farm up and running the first fiscal year. Um, so pray for that. Pray for the care center. Pray for um, the orphans. Um, please pray for uh, the school. Um, the, the schools need so much reform, so pray for that. Sit down. 